You know, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that is absolutely essential in life. Now, we will talk about things like, I need, to, I need air to breathe. I need food to eat. I need water to drink. But there's another essential quality. And if we want to live the life God has called us to, and that is gratitude. And uh, so I'm excited about this topic because it's something I have learned. It is a skill. And so I look forward to talking about gratitude. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. All right, Eric, how are you doing? I tell you, uh, I am doing extremely well. Yeah, thanks you, for asking. You said you have a, a busy day today, so uh, how how do you navigate through a busy day? Uh, well, one step at a time. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting being a pastor because at any given time, I don't know what's going to come my way. Now, I certainly have my agenda. I'm I'm one of those list guys that you know. There's certain things I know I need to accomplish. But what's so beautiful about my life is these what I call divine appointments, and when they happen, they're not always easy. But I kind of have a smile on my face. I go, well, God, you got me into this one. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I, I go with it uh, with with an enthusiasm, with a joy. And uh, because I used to consider them interruptions because I was so tight in my schedule. I was so perfectionistic. I wanted everything to go right and get my stuff accomplished. But man, when I began to open up to what God wanted and what his agenda is, my life got a whole lot easier. That's cool. So do you think there are more divine appointments than we may recognize? Oh, gosh. How many times (laughs) have we missed a sunset that God painted and we're driving in our car and, you know, we're trying to get home and there's traffic and there's signals and people cutting us off. And God says, wait, 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 I painted a sunset. And you totally missed it. Yeah, sure. Or, or there's a time where somebody uh, says, hey, could we get together? And I do everything to make sure we don't because I don't want them to interrupt my schedule. Uh-huh. And, and so there's people, there's situations. And I believe God's constantly throwing at us divine appointments. And I would say earlier in my life, I missed most of them. I think I'm, I'm catching a lot more today. That is so cool. Well, today we're talking about gratitude and I, I got really excited getting, uh, you know, just driving over here to meet you right now. And um, the reason I got so excited is Crystal and I were invited a few years back to go through this process that our friends have developed. They have a, an organization they call Legacy Makers, or choose, I think their website is Choose Our Legacy. So it's a very, it's a, it's a platform to set a foundation within your own family to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And so they took us through this process where we identified our core values as a couple and used those to write a family mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so Crystal and I went through their process, had a great time, 
just going through their exercises of really identifying what's important to us, what are our core values, and then we use those to write our mission statement, which is we are a grateful family, encouraging those around us, trusting God in extraordinary endeavors. And uh, it's so cool. I, um, I look back at our mission statement, and it, it's kind of like it's this calibrating tool that I have to make sure, are, are we spending our time? Mm. Are we pursuing things that fit within this mission? And um, we chose the first part of it to be, we are a grateful family. And uh, I believe that what we through their process, one of the words that we had identified as a core value was joy. Mm. How, and how, what does it take to find joy? We, we've ended up at the word gratitude through a process. So um, we really enjoyed it. It was super cool. And it's something that's been a powerful tool in our family. And it's helped us really put a value on the concept of being grateful. Well, and, and I've been the recipient of that <laughs> of that uh, mission statement, and uh, certainly for Deb and I, we uh, we just love hanging with you guys. And but let's take that first first thing. We are a grateful family. That is a statement. And you know, I, I was thinking about you know the people that I've hung around that are incredibly grateful. There's an intentionality about it. It's not like it just happens. In fact, it's so interesting that God even has to command us to be thankful or grateful. You know, he, he said, you know, he, he talks about this, this issue of giving thanks for all things you know, out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In other words, even in the good, the bad, and the ugly, be thankful. You know, I was thinking of uh, a pastor that I used to work for, uh, Chuck Swindoll, wrote this thing on attitude, because when you think of gratitude, at the core of it is your attitude. It's something that you choose. But he wrote something, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read read for you. And I've seen this on lawyers, you know, walls, on in dental offices, in libraries. I mean, it, it's a profound statement on attitude. He said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me, but it is 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. So when you write a mission statement like that, and you put the first thing, we are a grateful family. So I'm going to turn the tide because you're usually asking me questions. Oh, no. I'm going to ask you. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So you have two. Well, I have two grandkids. They're your kids. So if you're going to be a grateful family, how are you teaching your kids to be grateful? Mm, that is the challenge I face in this season of life. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing it? Oh, man. We are struggling in that endeavor. Mm -hmm. But... Um, See, at the ages my kids are at, they're five and three. My daughter's five, and she's a kindergartner. She's got her 
friends and her class and um but and at three years old my son same thing preschool they um they are in that age where they just love a new toy you know it could be 99 cents it could be 40 dollars but to them just picking up something new from i mean these days our toy store is target right (laughs) and uh, we have to go to target on a regular basis for our essential needs toilet paper shampoo whatever and they they just see that as a place they get to buy a new toy every time and that's just with my family when they go to your house and debbie takes them to target that's their other opportunity to get a new toy get a prize and they've really come to expect it and then we just had christmas you know a couple months ago and that that was a wake-up call in our family because they they opened all their presents and they're like is that all of them are we done with Mm. you know these you know piles of gifts that we just got it wasn't enough so I wouldn't say I'm doing it as well as I'd like to, but uh, how are we teaching it? We are having those heart-to-heart conversations as often as we can where we actually kneel down to their level and explain to them why we say thank you, you know, why we're patient, you know, we pray and we say thanks to God for the people in our life, our health, our home, we pray for other people, so we're doing our best through conversation and through, and you know, we try to be grateful ourselves, which we don't always do well. Yeah. As, as one uh, writer said, things are better caught than taught. And uh, in other words, your modeling becomes a critical piece, but you know, you think about gratitude. Why is it so important? And in, in essence, anytime God gives an imperative command, in other words, he's saying, oh, this isn't just a good idea. No, do this. It's like when God says to be a generous person, generosity. Now, why does God speak so much about money and, and, and being generous with others? Because he knows if I don't, that, that I will all of a sudden, uh, greed will enter my heart. I will think that I earned it. It's my money. I become selfish. I become entitled. And it's, I think the same thing with gratitude. I would think as a parent, I'm, certainly with my kids, your your uh, wife um, is we wanted our kids to be grateful. Why? I don't want them ever entitled. If you've ever been around somebody who's entitled, they aren't grateful. <laughs> they act spoiled. Um, it, it's like you can never do enough. And so there's this negative trait. If you don't have gratitude, you're, you're living in entitlement. You actually believe you deserve not just what you have, but more. Hmm. So you, you sort of just answered this question, but um, let's just zoom in and make sure the takeaway is clear. Yeah. Why is gratitude essential? Yeah. And, and, and I believe it is because uh, without it, it impedes relationship. You know, if you've ever been around somebody who is entitled, who is, is ungrateful, who complains, man, it's just hard to be with that person. Like in Philippians 2, 14, it says, do all things without grumbling and complaining. Again, an imperative command. Why? Because it impedes relationship when we're not. Secondly, honestly, when I'm grateful, I'm actually saying to the giver that I don't even deserve this, and yet you're giving it to me. See, like like for me, you know, I live part of my life uh, as an atheist, apart from God. All that he had given to me. I never once thanked him. And I lead, led a small life, and whatever I had, it was like I clung to. I believed I deserved it. 
See, the worst thing a person can do is believe they deserve everything they have and that it's theirs. Like, you know, when a, when a, a kid's growing up, one of the first times he'll fight with a sibling, with a parent, he'll say, mine, mm-hmm. mine. Oh, yes. And oh, my goodness, you can see adults who, in essence, mimic children you know, with their things and with stuff and their achievements. Mine, look what I did. And uh, that's why I like the old saying, I used to attribute it to Texans, but, you know, is there ever really a true Texan anymore? I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the saying, we're all turtles on a fence post, we didn't get there by ourselves. Gratitude is a way that we say that. I don't deserve this. I didn't earn it. You just gave it to me. And so God says, give thanks in all things. So as I, as I look around, and you know, uh, I, I, there is so much for me to be grateful for. And I, I was thinking about this this morning because I was thinking about our podcast. You know, and, and I have this routine in the morning. And I'll, I'll go down, plug in the coffee pot. It's already, you know, I've got my coffee in there. And, and uh, so I have my cup of coffee. Then I'll sit down and, and uh, read God's word. I'm, I'm going through a devotional. And uh, then I'll have uh, maybe some eggs and toast. And then I'll go up and get ready. And, you know, I, I brush my teeth first all the time. I don't shave first. I brush my teeth. Then I shave and I go from right to left. I have this incredible routine that's every day. But there, there is something that I created in my routine as important as brushing my teeth and shaving and all of that. And that is, I have an 18-minute drive to church, to work. And I have a Bible study usually every morning. 18 minutes, and I, I don't have the radio on, and it is just 18 minutes of thanking God. And it's really interesting, Michael, you've experienced this, is when you're thanking God, all of a sudden your demeanor changes, Mm. your attitude changes. It's like something happened inside of you. And all of a sudden I'm by myself and I'm smiling. (laughs) And by the time I get to be with men, if I'm leading a study, I am just jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. My enthusiasm level has been raised. And, uh, And so why is... You know, gratitude so is essential. It is because it frames a day. And again, it could be one of the hardest days I'm facing. You know, and when God says, give thanks in all things, it's not not just in the good, but even in the difficult things that I'm going to walk with you in. Be grateful. Yes, I'm inspired. <laughs> I love that. I just picture you driving your car with this huge grin and you have a pep in your step when you pull up. That is so great. And it was funny as I was as I was driving, there was a guy on his cell phone and he, he almost hit me. And because I was just all jacked about, you know, all that God had done and people had done. I was thankful for my wife, my my kids, all of that. And uh, and he almost hit me. And I, I as I went by him, I just waved and smiled. He's like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I look at this thing of gratitude, and that's why I believe it is essential. In fact, more importantly, it's that God says it's essential. All throughout the scriptures, it talks about be grateful, you know, give thanks in all things, you know, uh, because again, to not do so is to be small. It really is. And I believe gratitude is, is inextricably linked uh, to contentment. See, have you ever been around somebody who's not content? 
They're not content in the job that they have. They're not content with the car they have. They're not content with the house they have. They're not, oh, wait a minute, that was me years ago. (laughs) See, I can look at other people that way and I know exactly what they're thinking. How come I don't have? See, it, it really is, this is a tricky thing. It's a mindset. I grew up in somewhat poverty. I grew up with very little. And uh, I remember my first car was a 59 Rambler Nash. It was the ugliest car. I don't even know what that is. I know. And I I love cars. Well, and my second car wasn't any better. It was an AMC Gremlin. (laughs) Okay, look that one up. (laughs) At least I've heard of that one. But I just remember having those cars. And even though I had to pay for them, I would look at my friends. I grew up in Laguna Beach. And there's guys in my high school that are driving in with Porsches, BMWs. And I just felt miserable. I didn't like my, you know, my MC Gremlin. I didn't like my my '59 Rambler Nash, you know, and then my clothes, and you know, I could go on and on. And I was living with entitlement because I grew up small. I grew up with, in poverty, and I had a scarcity mindset. And and even when I became a Christian, that mindset was still there. And and there was a point at which God had to deal with that quality in me. And I switched over to an abundant mindset. And I realized that I had never been content, but now I started being content and started saying, thank you for my car. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my clothes, for the food that I get to eat, the restaurant I get to go to. You know, and I started being grateful. And and out of that gratitude, contentment came. But I would also say as contentment came, I was more grateful. I I think they're inextricable. I can't even say the word, inextricably linked. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, and wouldn't you say that by being grateful as a choice, the result is to be content, but then joy is like an organic, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and you're around joyful people, you know, and they're the the most magnetic people to be around. It's it's like what's going on in your life. It's contagious. It, I, want, it, I want some of that. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's again, it's magnetic in relationship. So to not be grateful, it impedes relationship. It, 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 uh, it really minimizes your psychological and personal well-being. You know, because again, when so I lived... healthy. Oh, yeah. When I lived in scarcity, my attitude, I, I slumped. I, 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 I honestly um, just kind of went through a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now, there's a lot more pep in my step. I'm grateful. And again, even in difficult times, because I know difficult times don't always last. And God's going to see me through it. And when you get out of it, you're going, well, learn from that one and you move on. Okay. So we talked about why gratitude is essential. What are the barriers Mm. to gratitude? Oh, wow. Uh, And and again, we, we mentioned one. It's entitlement. It's that I deserve better. Now, again, it could be both spectrums of the wealth continuum. You know, I grew up in poverty, and, and, and I grew up in a very difficult home. And so I created entitlement because I actually believe I deserve better than that. Oh, that, that, is, that is empty. But then there's also people that grow up in wealth, and they never really had to earn something, and, you know, they, they were given everything. So, so you can lack gratitude at either end of yeah. the wealth continuum. So, so how do you get to the point of, of gratitude? It, it's perspective. It, it is, I wake up and I don't believe I deserve it. And I simply say, thank you. 
Now, wait, before we go too far into this, you know, sometimes if, you know, this could be relative to whatever situation you're in, but if you feel undeserving, sometimes that can actually be a slippery slope. Probably it's a good thing to to feel gratitude, Mm -hmm. but the the entire, uh, if you feel undeserving, you know, sometimes that can lead to shame or guilt or some negative parts of that. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you want to touch on that, but... Okay, and I and I I know what you're getting at is is that yeah I don't want to I don't want to live with this thing of of I don't deserve anything, but but again when I wake up in the morning, you know, and I have an entitlement mentality, it's an unhealthy form, you know, uh, of you know ex- expectation, you know. Whereas again, what what things do I expect in relationship? Well, I expect my wife and I to speak truth to each other. I expect us to be affirming of each certain things we can expect. But again, if I expect to have more than what I have, if I expect everything to go well in a given day, I'm not living in reality. And so so again, I I know what it was like to live with the with the mentality of entitlement. I deserve better. And it was it was a dead end street. Because no matter how much I had, it was insatiable. It's like today, uh, there, there was a study done of those who, who made $50,000 and, and, and what, would, what would help them to feel like they, you know, that they had enough? And they said, well, $100,000. Well, the, the guy that makes $100,000, he wants $200,000. 200, he wants $500,000. And, and you know, when you live with entitlement, you, you just believe you deserve and need more in order to be content. But honestly, contentment is wanting what you have, as one pastor said, and not wanting anything more. And man, when you can live with that, ugh, it's freeing. So entitlement's a huge barrier. Secondly, I think when you didn't see gratitude modeled, you don't pick it up. Hmm. Yeah, you don't realize how important that is. So modeling's a big deal. And that's why, you know, who you choose as friends, you know, you can't choose your family, right? But you can choose your friends. I'm telling you, I'm around some of the most grateful people and uh, who live with a great sense of thank you you know, to God and to those around them. Mm-hmm. And so modeling is a big thing. That I, I love that one because sometimes, you know, you maybe you're in a job where you're the, maybe you're the manager or the boss or, you know, CEO, and you can model it for your employees in your marriage with your kids. But let me ask you a question. What if you are in a situation that you can't change? Like you can choose your friends usually, but maybe you can't choose your coworkers right. or you can't choose, you know, how your kids are behaving or how your spouse or boss or whatever and so you we can model it for the people around us no matter what position we're in right that's it and and you said a word it's contagious it really is it's like um to me uh try this sometime you know i i love to walk down a street and there's people walking toward me that i don't know and i will look them in the eyes and smile yep it, me too. It catches people off guard. Kind of like, what's this weirdo Do doing? Do I know you? Well, first of all, <laughs> making eye contact, but then secondly, smiling. And you smile and you nod. And and people, you'll watch. Some people will actually smile. I think most, right? Yeah. And then they walk by going, who was that nut? <laughs> <laughs> Let them think that. But it's the same thing with, with, with you know, uh, gratitude. If, if I'm with somebody who grumbles and complains, if I'm... You know, if maybe after they grumble and complain, I go, man, I'll tell you, 
I got to tell you, I, I'm incredibly grateful for my job. I love working at the church I do. I love the people that I get to work with. And, you know, my job's not easy, but, man, there's so much, you know, uh, joy I find in, in the things that I get to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when you're around somebody who grumbles and complains, very interesting to me, it shifts. It shifts the conversation. So absolutely, you can influence. But again, the reason I, I think you know a lot of people aren't grateful, it's, it's entitlement. I think they lack modeling. I think another thing, it's non-intentional. You know, we talked about humility. And you know, the Bible says, uh, pursue humility. How many people do you know are pursuing humility? In the same way, if you said to somebody, how do you intentionally express gratitude? A lot of times they're caught off guard by the question. So I believe a lot of reasons people aren't grateful, it is not an intentional discipline. And, you know, you, you use the word discipline and people go, oh, no, disciplines are important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the discipline of gratitude, it, creating that, and, and here's the thing is, is when you look at the cost-benefit analysis, what does it really cost you to stop in a day and, and, and start off grateful? What does it cost you? A few minutes? Mm-hmm. And yet, again, my experience has been, and others' experience, is it lifts you. Huge return on the, Huge the few return. minutes you invest. The benefit is far outweighs any cost that you put yeah, into zero it. Zero cost. You know, it's, uh, it's very interesting is, is you know, uh, who does God want to hang around? Well, there's a psalm that says, God, um, uh, <laughs> I love when you, you start to say a verse and then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> God inhabits the praises of his people. Wow. Now think about that. Even God comes closer when we praise, when we're grateful. Yeah, he's our heavenly father. Now That's he does. A cool verse. He doesn't need our our praise or our things, but he knows I need to give it. Yep. Because I become small when I don't. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about a, a an individual. Uh, one of my favorite authors is a guy named Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German uh, uh, theologian pastor, and uh, he uh, was ministering during the. Uh, uh, the Third Reich, the rise of the Third Reich. And he had a church, and uh, and his people encouraged him to leave because otherwise he might be martyred. And, uh, and so he did leave Germany for a while. But he realized, wait a minute, I'm telling my people to be courageous. I'm people telling my people to stand up against the tyranny. And yet I'm not there. And he went back. But in his, uh, in his work, uh, one of the statements he made is, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Now, why do I like it coming from Diedrich Bonhoeffer? Because the guy lived it. He went through, you know, the Third Reich. He was imprisoned. He was taken to a concentration camp. He was hung right before the Allies came and freed uh, the people. And uh, he died a martyr's death. But but listen, it's only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, hearing that from somebody like Diedrich Bonhoeffer, I go, you know, gratitude's a pretty important thing. And I can have gratitude no matter what I'm going through. Uh, a more modern person that I respect is, is Rick Warren. And I love this statement he made. He said, in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. But in every moment, thank God.
Oh, wow. That's who I want to be. Those are some great pillars to keep in mind. Absolutely. But again, it doesn't always come natural. If it did, God wouldn't have to command it. We pursue humility. So, so before we get off this podcast, Michael, I'm going to ask you another question. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? The air in my lungs. I, you know, I, um, it's my mission statement that I want to be grateful. So it's something that I practice regularly. And I usually start by saying I'm grateful for the air in my lungs. You know, I, uh, I, if you can probably hear it in the podcast, I, I have sort of a labored breathing, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I have to slow down and catch my breath. So I've learned to be grateful for something as simple as the air in my lungs. But of course, you know, I, I would say daily, I stop and I say, thank you for these, the things in my life that are most important, my wife, my kids, my family, my friends, the roof over my head, the food on the table, a brain that can, you know, I have enough sophistication to make a living barely, but it, it's there. <laughs> now, um, you know, I'll just kind of think about my life and, and express gratitude to God. And sometimes I forget to do it and or I put it off because I'm distracted or busy. But whenever I do, like you said, the, the return for spending a few minutes thinking about those things, even speaking them out loud to God, it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful. But I, I remember... I like to say I'm a grateful person. Yeah. That's why I like hanging with you. That's why I wanted to talk about that. I really believe you're a model of it. And uh, and I continue to pursue it And uh, because I don't want to be a small person, don't want to live with entitlement, and I don't want to take life for granted. Mm. God has been so gracious to me. And the people around me, oh my gosh, I can't thank them enough. I've got, like you said, I've got a great wife, unbelievable kids. Did I tell you I have grandkids? <laughs> They're your kids. But, uh, you know, I have people I work with at church that I just love being with and ministering with. The people at our church are amazing. I love my neighbor. There's just so much to be grateful for. And, uh, and I know that when I'm grateful, God looks at me and goes, that's my son. Mm. Yeah. I can either grieve him or put a smile on his face. When I'm grateful, I put a smile on the face of God. Yes. Awesome. That's a great, uh, great just bit of wisdom in this to, you know, the why is gratitude essential? And then just recognizing the barriers, right? That's it. So let's just, I mean, if you could just, what's our takeaway? I think the takeaway is to be a grateful person, you have to be intentional. It doesn't come natural. When you're grateful, you're magnetic. You draw people in. You put a smile on the face of God. There are so many great benefits to it. You know, it's like exercise. Do it. And the whole Nike thing, just do it. That's the takeaway. I love that. And this, you know, this conversation makes me want to be more grateful. And we're ending this podcast with a smile. Yes, we are. So uh, wait, let me just ask you, what do you suppose we'll talk about next time? Oh, gosh, there's so much to talk about. I want to talk about conflict in relationship. And it's probably going to be a three-part series. I find that most people, and I was earlier in my life, are conflict-averse. I think, honestly, most Christians think that we're just supposed to be happy and uh, life's just supposed to, you know, that we, we're just to be kind. But conflict is an inevitable 
because we're so different. We, we, we have different values, different convictions, different styles of relating, different personalities. And I think conflict is inevitable. But as, as, as Christians, we don't talk enough about conflict. So I want to wade into that subject. And because I, I used to never handle it well, I was conflict averse and it almost destroyed my life. And, uh, and now I speak straight into conflict and I found my voice in conflict and I'd love to pass on some wisdom I've learned. That will be fun. Right on. Well, looking forward to next week. Thank you. You got it. 